Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome everyone to the PJ's cast. I'm your host Pierce, John said I'm a good pal Schmitty. And uh take two for this. So I wanted to wish um uh everyone happy Pride Month if you are part of the LGBTQ plus community. The first time we tried recording this, I was just like happy Pride Day month to you to you y'all. And <laughs> no, but uh again, happy Pride Month to anyone in the LGBTQ plus community. We're with you. We support you. All that stuff. So, um, anyways, got some got some hockey to talk about. Um, got some off season east off season stuff to talk about. I cannot talk right now. And then what everyone's been waiting for, episode three Kenobi talk. So, mm-hmm. first things first, the Colorado Avalanche are up two nothing on the Edmonton Oilers. That first game was absolutely crazy. I think. Just as an objective hockey fan, that's everything you could have wished for in a game one. Just the hype going into the series of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisel versus Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, and basically like just their deep teams. Like you have players like on the Oilers, like Zach Hyman and Vander Kane stepping up, and then Colorado, you have guys like Gabriel Landeskog, Mika Ranton, and De- Devon Taves. Like it just goes on and on how much superstar depth there is. And it lived up to the hype in game one, but uh, game two, Colorado really took over. I didn't really watch the game. I only caught the highlights. So I don't know if you caught more of the game, but uh, yeah, let's hear your thoughts on that. Um, I, I really feel like we're starting to see just how good Colorado is and how well built they are and how, I mean, we kind of touched on it a little. This is the year they have to go for it. Um, they had, they're they're going to have a lot of roster turnover regardless this offseason. And um, they're four lines deep right now. They're three pairings deep. They're two goalies deep right now, clearly, as Francois got a shutout, I believe, last night. Yep. Um, dude, they look like they're playing with their food right now against Edmonton. Like, it's – in that game from what I saw. They're just outplaying them. They have the puck in their end half the game, over half – almost two-thirds of the game, it feels like. It's just in the Colorado – or in the – Edmonton zone, I guess, but um, th- like there's guys. I think there's a stat that Nurse has been on the ice for um, ten of eleven goals. I think I saw that. Ooh, that's rough. Brutal. Yeah, that's rough. Um, 
you know, obviously the start, like McDavid can't score every night. Drysaddle can't score every night. The depth did score in game one. Honestly, that offside call with McCarr is probably the difference. If we're really looking at it, it was the difference. I think like Edmonton's still like within that game. Like they were down three goals and they, and like, what was it? Down four goals. And they still came back like within one, but like if that kill McCarr goal doesn't happen, it might be a different call. But shoulda, woulda, coulda. If it's a, ifs and buts were candy nuts, blah blah blah. Whatever expression you want to use, like hundred percent. And I did not know like that was like that. I when, as soon as I saw that play, I thought for sure that would have been offside. I thought that was going to get called back. And um, I was just watching the game with my sister, and technically they did get it right, but. I didn't know about this. Like, how are you going to sell this game? You have the, two of the best players at the, in the world going at each other, plus more great players going at it. But, and you like, we don't even know what the offside rules are. So how do you sell your game when you don't even know what offside, like what the offside rules are? It's just, ugh. anyways, yeah, it, but. it's, I was going to say, it's not good. I mean, I heard, like, I think Ray Ferraro's brought it up on the broadcast a couple times. Like, they need to uh, basically rewrite the rule book so it's understandable to a casual fan this summer. Because if you have to basically pull out, like, I think um, the way Dangle said it is you have to pull out the phone book, and as Fridge does, and, like, pull out the excerpt that says what the penalty is, and it's, like, a paragraph and a half long explaining basically not what happened, but what they want to think happened. I, I don't know, man. I just feel like every year we have just some questionable ass offside call and game one of the conference final is not a good spot to have it out of any point. Like it's never a good spot to have it anyway, but just in a moment like that where Edmonton, I'm pretty sure just came back to tie it two to two. Yeah. It was like only three to two later. Yeah. I think something like that. That's just such a big momentum shift, but Edmonton has been a team that's played off. They've been they've played from behind against the Kings a couple times. Uh, they they're going back home, which is going to be huge. Uh, they still have a chance in the series, obviously, but they gotta have a better performance. Oh, they have to win game three. That's a must win. Yeah, you can't go down 3-0. This no. team is just too deep. And like I once one uh, particular trade that I feel like is not getting enough uh, credit from Sackick is that Arturi Lekkinen trade because I feel oh, like he yeah. kind of did it out of nowhere. He's a playoff guy. Oh yeah, man. Uh, he's year. he's played very. I think he's got a goal in both, or not both games, but he got a goal in the first game. I think this series. I don't know, but um, he's been super solid. I'm pretty sure he's been playing third or fourth line minutes. Like when you got a guy scoring he's like that, the top six. six. Hmm. Um, from what I saw, he's been playing. In the oh, top he is in the top six. six? Oh, okay. yeah. Whoops, my bad. <laughs> I'm thinking of um. No, I think I'm thinking of Comfer. Sorry, Comfer's been in oh, the bottom okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's just Colorado has so many of these guys like so deep, like they just all blend together. They're all they're all so good. Yeah, pretty much. Like it, I don't know how they slow down unless you know, knock on wood, Francois gets hurt. Like they, no, yeah, that's mm. just that's the only way it happens. Like we talked about it before the series. Like I just don't trust Mike Smith. Like haven't the entire playoffs i don't care what his statistics state i've we have all seen the goals he's let up this postseason um on in in person like live reaction (laughs) like oh man i just they need more out of everyone to on uh tomorrow i think it's tomorrow night right yeah like they 
they need something desperately. And I don't know what – I don't know who's going to step up yet. That's the big thing. Like, obviously, you would think it'd be the Stars, but, like, I don't know, man. Like, you need, like, a Warren Fogler or Jesse Poyarby to have a big game. You need a noose to have a big game. You need someone that – You need, need that Ryan Nugent Hopkins game like they did in game four against Calgary. 100%. So it'll be curious to see who steps up because if they don't, then like you said, they're just digging themselves a massive hole. Yeah, they're they're not coming back from three nothing down. And kind of back to the offside goal, like again, like okay, that's the rule, good, but everyone like should know that that should be a thing, and it, it doesn't make any sense to me. So like Cam McCarr, like the he technically didn't have control of the puck, but he was like it was like bobbling off his stick. So you're telling me if someone goes to go for the hit, like that's an interference penalty because he technically doesn't have the, but you know, it's just, it's so stupid. Like it's the most NHL thing ever. Um, But anyways, like we could go, we could really go on and on about that. The truth, like the, the the matter of fact is like Darnell nurse, that was an awful turnover right to Kale McCarr. That shouldn't have happened in the first place. So yeah, like, maybe like that, that call isn't right or whatever. Like you can disagree with it all you want, but, like that never happened in the first place. Play. Doesn't turn it over, and it's probably a, and it, it is a different game. Like you're two two going into the intermission, like you've completely silenced the cl- the crowd. If it, if nothing else happened, but no, you just gave. So they scored that goal, then the crowd's back in it. Then you give them a power play, and then they score, make it four to two, and then really that's in. Even though Edmonton tried to come back, like it's so hard. You can't do that all the time against it, especially against a team like Colorado. Nope. You're 100 percent right. <clears throat> you can't keep digging out. You can't keep digging yourselves out of a hole. And we've seen another team do that a lot in the Rangers. And we'll hey, see they how just long tied it. That's why I was kind of distracted yep. earlier because I kind of have the Miller. game like quietly playing right now. Tampa scored first, and then looks like Keandre Miller uh, got the goal. All I heard was the goal horn going off, and the announcer like saying, "Hey, scores!" Mm-hmm. So I, I guess we can kind of segue into that game now, unless you had anything else to say about the Colorado game. No, really. Like, it sucks. Like, again, Edmonton's not out of the series yet. Like, if they win this game, it's still very much a series, but they, they have to win that game. And it'll, and it'll suck because I really want at least, like, six games of the series. We still Again, we still could, but I don't know, man. Colorado, it looks like they've just, they just found another They year. want it more right now. Yeah, and the big thing is, like, to defend McDavid, you make them not play defense. And same with Leon Dreisaitl, and they've been doing that like a – just watching the highlights, it seemed like Col- like Edmonton never had the puck, and that certainly helps out someone like Pavel Francois, who's <laughs> stepping into the conference final for the injured Darcy Kemper. Hopefully Darcy Kemper's okay, but hey, Francois has been able to do the job. So, yeah, we'll segue on to the uh, the Rangers series here, Rangers-Lightning series here. So, um, before we started, I was like listening to the broadcast, and they said the New York Rangers are the first team in NHL history to make the conference final without – like. W- um, uh, leading in a series because they were down 3-1 against the Penguins and they came back and won that. And they were down 2 nothing against the Hurricanes, down 3-2 as well, and they came back. And it's just, it's crazy. They won, they won game one 6-2. They scored twice as many goals in one game on Vasilevsky as the Florida Panthers did in four full games. It's crazy. It just seems like they're getting better and better as the playoffs go on. But at the same time, Tampa Bay... We, it's kind of been a meme this playoffs with Vasilevsky. Like he's perfect when they when they lose. Like he, they the Lightning always bounce back. So, but the Rangers, like the Rangers, they they just tied it. Like it's one one right now. If they can get a win here, that would be huge because Tampa Bay they're, they're not going to go out easily. But anyways, uh, I don't know what do you, what did you think about that first game? 
Um, Tampa definitely looked like a team that hadn't played in a week. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the number you know one. Reminded me of the Blackhawks when they had that week off after swimming Minnesota, and then they kind of just. Dude, I literally texted my dad that same shit. I was like, "This is Game One Anaheim vibes, hundred and ten percent." And they're gonna come out swinging in Game Two, and you're probably gonna get their one of their best efforts of the season. And I have, I mean, but I'm not watching right now. We'll probably watch them. So well, let's go into triple overtime now. Yeah, <laughs> where are no, the two cheeky power play goals early? That's what we need. Kucherov's got one. Where's the next one? Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but uh, the one thing that like just has struck me with the Rangers lately, like obviously Shesterkin's gotten better as the playoffs have gone on. There's yeah. no denying that. Every series he's gotten better. But man, they are getting scoring from every single line. And I and you know we talk about it all the time that like oh you can't like if you have a good power play and you and you're so if that's your crutch, you know what I mean? Like you can't have that in the playoffs. Man, if people keep taking as many penalties as they do against the Rangers, they're going to be able to do whatever the hell they want because they get like four or five chances a game. And with the power play that's clicking that well right now, they're going to pot two or three, like every time. And you just can't be giving up those that many chances. It killed Carolina. It killed Tampa in this one late because that's how they kind of started putting it away towards the end. But um, and another big key is the freaking kid line, the third line. Like the ESPN crew doesn't shut up about them. I know you. you yeah, the but... shift. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. I hate seeing. <sighs> I hate when stuff like the the kid line and and like the shift and like even like other things like the big rig. Like it's just such a common use. Like it, there's nothing unique about it. Like and that's another thing. Like the identity line, the profession line. Like there's nothing unique about that. The, you know what was you know what was a cool thing the HBK line like Hagelin, Benino, and Kessel. At least like there's something cool to that, but like it, it's just so basic. I hate I hate not that I hate stuff. It's just it's so dumb. I don't get it's stuff just, like that. It's just hockey culture. <laughs> Literally hockey culture. Fucking um, but like the biggest thing that stuck out to me with the Rangers also is that Adam Fox is the freaking man. And if anyone doesn't know that by now, you should because the fact yeah, that, that people even still question it is hilarious to me. But, like, on that the shift, he's the one who keeps it in. Like, that ridiculous keep at the blue line, he's coming fresh off the bench and keeps that thing in. And then um, what else was I going to say? Philip Heedle's been white hot for the Rangers, too. Yeah. That's huge because, you know, guys had a career high of, what, like 23 points um, ever. And he's finally getting hot when you need him to. Lafreniere's over half a point a game, playing the best hockey he's ever oh, played. Elite hockey, don't you? Having know? his Kirby Doc moment, you love to see it. <laughs> um. I mean, Kako's having his flashes here and there too, which is a good thing. Gaudreau coming back was huge for this team, I feel like, because that gives that fourth line so Against much more of a presence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Zabanajad and Kreider are fucking killing it. There's When one of them's potting a goal a game, it's, it's, it's tough to beat. And, like, you know, Stamkos got a couple – got um, I don't know if he got two, but he got one of them. I think Polak got the second one. But yeah. – uh, I, I don't doubt Tampa's going to be like, you know, Tampa's going to get the offense going eventually, but man. It's not going to be it, easy for them. Like, this is a Rangers team. We just keep underestimating them, particularly me, but like, just as, <laughs> as the playoffs get go, go on and on. Like, it just, they're getting better. They're getting contributions from everywhere. Like, they have everything you need to win a Stanley Cup when you look at it. Like, I, I was surprised when I fa- like when I found out that the Lightning or that the Rangers actually had home ice advantage over the Lightning. Like I know the Rangers had a good season, but I just assumed Tampa would have. Home ice. I was like, wow, but 
yeah, you got you got the goaltending that can t- always take you a long way. It can take you at least a cup final. We've seen that in many years. Um, they have that number one defenseman with Adam Fox, an elite number one defenseman. And then you have guys coming into their own, like Ke'Andre Miller, Ryan Lindgren's been good, like Jacob Truba, as much Brain as they don't like him. Like, he's still a top four guy. Brain Schneider. And then you look at the forwards. Like on one line, you got Kreider and and uh, and Zabanajad. Like Zabanajad. Like I don't. Th- we you, usually when you think about elite and number one center, you think of like Crosby, uh, McDavid, like McCannon and all that. Matthews, whatever. But like Zabanajad, I think he's just a step below that. But he's he's performing. You got Panarin on a separate line, then you got the, the kid line, and then you got that fourth line. Like it, you're just getting contributions from everywhere, and you know, like, this series is far from over. Like they're gonna, it's gonna be so tough for them to beat Tampa Bay. But man, like they're a hot team right now. Yeah, they're a hot team. Their coach is pushing all the right buttons with the team right now too. That, that can't be stated enough with Gerard Gallant. Um, and then uh, another big factor is there's still no Braden Point for the Lightning, and we didn't really see it be a factor against Florida. They really kind of handled it extremely well. Obviously, game one, it was a little bit of like a full blitz on them after not playing for a week. But we'll see how they handle not having point. We'll see if it starts to affect them more. As yeah, when is it going to catch up to them, if at all? Like, honestly, like they won a cup without Stamkos. Like, it's not crazy to think that they can win without him. But it's just, I mean, dude, if the Rangers are coming at you like this, it's going to be tough. And then afterwards, if you even get out of this, if you have to go to Colorado without – yeah, I don't know, man. It's getting tougher for Tampa right now. But, you know, it's a resilient group. That's the one thing we can't state enough. I mean, they did – like you, you were talking – actually, both these groups are extremely resilient. I mean, the Lightning didn't lead in their series against Toronto in the first round until game seven. And then, um, like you said, the Rangers hadn't led till literally last – or two nights ago. So, yeah. it's two teams that have adversity and resiliency, and it's just going to come down to – Honestly, which goalie makes more stops? <laughs> like, yep. I mean, Igor took game one. We'll see if Assey can take game two. Yep. Um, oh, man, what was I going to say? I completely lost my, my train of thought. But it, it's not going to be, like, even if Tampa Bay does the win, it's not going to be easy for them. Like, Rangers are going to give them all that they got. Like, it's going to be – I think this series goes at least six now. Like, I, I think they chose Tampa in six. But, man, like, I, I think it's going to be closer, even closer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Again, just constantly underrating the New York Rangers. So, anyways, I don't yeah. know if we have anything else to touch on that, or we can move on to the, the next uh, topic. Uh, no, I think that's I think that's all I got to say about that series. It's gonna be a bloodbath from the looks of it. Yeah. So obviously the conference files are are on right now, but like in a month we're gonna get into the off season. We're gonna you're gonna start seeing all these rumors, the rumblings, the tired murmurs. The murmurs, yes. And it's going to be the draft and it's going to be free agency. So we're going to be seeing a lot of that now. And we were, so we're going to, I took some notes from uh, Elliot Freeman's 32 Thoughts. And there's a couple of Blackhawks related things here. So the big one is here Dylan Strom is probably not going to be reassigned. Um, there's like a, there are a few other players that are RFAs that might not be qualified. I think Pavel Zaka was a notable one. And then like Ethan Bear, Kasperi Kappen. I don't have the, the list of all the players there, but those were the significant ones I could remember. And I, I, I think I saw Wally say something like, Dial Davidson wants fast, skilled centers, 
which I mean, fine. Like you can draft for that, but who, who's gonna? If you let Strom go, who's gonna play center for this team? Because Kirby Doc, like, okay, you can put him at center, but he hasn't proven he can be a full time center yet. You're gonna give a huge role to Jonathan Taves, and then after that, like, who is there? Like, you're gonna give it to Lucas Reichel? It's just Phil Urshev. Like, what are you doing? Uh, like, I, I don't understand that. Just letting him walk for nothing. I understand he has a high qualifying offer, but. You can't just give them that one year, like as a prove it deal, and be like, "Okay, go out there. We'll play with the, your your friend to bring it. We'll play with Patrick Kane, get you that po- those points up. Then you can make your money, and maybe we can even trade you, get something back." I just don't, I just don't understand that, man. Nope. And what a dude! I'm telling you, like I I I told you from the get go, I don't know about Davidson, and the Hagel trade got me on, you know, kept me fine for a while, but man. What is this asset management sometimes? Like, you can tell there's a market for Strom. Yeah, it might not be the market that you want, which seems to be the common problem with Davidson. He doesn't want it. Like, yeah, there are times where you don't want to lower your price point, your asking price. I understand that 100%. Like, for a guy like DeBrinkett, for a guy like Kane, you probably don't want to lower your asking price at all. But, man, if you're going to lose this guy for nothing, you got to at least get a pick. I don't know, man. Because yeah, Strong's going to – look what happened with Suter. Look what happened with Yeah, Cam. I was just going to bring that up. Like, you let them walk for nothing and look what they're doing with their you Not like they're – It's not even that. It's just like it's fine if you don't want them on the team. Just trade them for something. You need to get assets back in the system or – like. That's why I don't mind like a Lafferty trade because at least you got something that's going to be on the team. I don't know, man. Either they're expecting a shit ton out of Reese Johnson and Mackenzie Entwistle yeah, or like no, I just – no. Like, cool, you better pray to God you finish bottom five at this rate because you're really <laughs> shooting. No, like – and like you said, maybe there's a couple guys who are qualified and they go sign – like, maybe they go sign a Kasperi Kapanen and, like, doesn't fix their center issue. But, like, I don't know, man. I really don't know. Like, like you said, they got one center right now going forward. It's Doc, and they still got to let sign him. So they don't – we don't even know. And, like, what this is telling me if they don't want to re-sign Strom is that they, they probably aren't looking to move Taves and Kane like we think they are. Like, yeah, if Taves wants out, he'll go. But, like, unless he asks, I don't think Davidson's looking. Like, if this is the approach he's going to take, Kane and Taves might just walk to free agency at this rate. I'm serious. And I, I genuinely can see that happening now. With the way he's handling some of these contracts and the way he's just kind of letting it draw out to the end, I don't like it. I don't like it. It, it. it speaks someone who either is like, yeah, obviously he's playing the long game, but you got to have a plan in the short term while you're playing the long game. And this speaks, you have no plan at least in the next year, but you have a plan in the next three years, which is fine, but you got to figure out something for this off season. Maybe it's on, maybe it's not, maybe it's a trade. Maybe it's someone who we don't even expect in free agency. Like you said, Pierce, they want to get guys, the Davidson wants to get guys to play his way. Maybe there's a guy who's a free agent that we haven't even thought of that plays that play style and he comes and fits like a glove, like makes us all look like idiots. Cool. Hasn't happened yet. At this rate, we're just going to lose our highest producing center last year. Um, I don't know, man. You're, once again, you're putting just a big ask on Doc and we've already seen he can't live up to that big ask. So I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I'm not happy about it. And we're, we'll find out like, like, 
the, the the other option is like Dillon could go to free agency, he loves it in Chicago, like they don't qualify them, then they sign for cheap. But at the same time, you're letting him go to the market. There's probably gonna be a team that offers him a bit more and money, maybe even term and like some or he just goes part. to a winner, you know. Yeah, that too, that too. Or both. Like it's just uh Kyle Davidson, like Obviously, again, you bring up he made the Brandon Hagel trade. Like, yeah, I think he did all right at the trade deadline, pretty good. But there's still many, many more uh, questions to be answered yet. And uh, like, John, like, there's so many angles. Like, Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, you got to figure that out. Do they want to stay? What do you do with them? Uh, like, what do, what do you do with Alex DeBrinket? I don't even know. Like, if he's committed to Alex DeBrinket, like, there's just zero commitments. That can be a good thing because you're not like. You know, like you're not you're not investing money long term, but also you need to like with these guys, you need to have a plan. You know, it's just there's so there's so much stuff to it, and it's gonna definitely be interesting to see going in the offseason what he does. Yeah, uh, I mean, one guy we forget, like he must really be banking on Tyler Johnson's health being back next that's year. Right. I, I, did, I completely forgot about Tyler Johnson, but again, yeah, because like he can play center, that's true. Mm-hmm. But like, and I guess technically that kind of going to be his role that Strom had this year. And that was why Strom was kind of shoehorned out of the lineup for a while. Like, to your guy, like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Which is fair, but that's not going to – I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Just not to uh, really. That's that's. And it's that's, funny because like we're not even talking about Kubelik. Like Kubelik, I expected them to like. No, I, that's not even a like. The thing is, like, if Kubelik had a market at the deadline, like they kept saying he did, though, you should have traded him. That that's a mm-hmm. big thing, though. Even if it was like, like I promise you, he'll go sign in Anaheim or Winnipeg, and we'll just be like, oh, so they're oh, they actually were interested. Sorry. No, like. And kind of going back to the asset management thing, like, what are they? Then they trade like a fifth for Dominic Cooper. Like, if they lose him, it's like it would have been nice to get something from him. It's at least you didn't give up anything to get him. Like, Dylan Strom, you gave Nick Schmoltz up. You gave up Nick Schmoltz to get Dylan Strom, and you're just gonna let him walk. Like, I know you never want to like look at it, look at it like you don't want to be married to stuff and like things if like something doesn't work i think you should get rid of it which i think was a thing with stan bowman like you go from panarin to sod to zadorov and then they trade to their own pick like like the thing is dylan strome was good man like even if you just keep him for a year a year or two or whatever like yeah i don't know you want guys you want to play here too and he wants to play here it's like that's and that's a huge thing like who like this team is not going to be good. That that we know that much we know. Like, who wants to play in this Blackhawks organization? Like, how many people saw the town hall thing? Like, kind of segues into the next topic. Like, how many people saw them be like, yeah, I want to go play in Chicago right now. And with everything that's happened off ice, you know, like Dylan Strom wants to play there. He's had a a child here. Like, started a family in Chicago, dude. Like, his best friend is here. Like, ugh. I don't understand. It's frustrating. It is. What else? Like, our answer, all of our answer, like it could be all of our uh, questions could be answered soon. But for the time being, like we can, like we can be skeptical about this because we like we haven't seen anything on the Blackhawks yet. Like what they're what they want to do, and again, like assume I assume rebuild, but. Like what, what? Again, what are you gonna do with the with the big name players? It's just, ugh. 
Anyways, I feel like we're this is just like we're going in circles and we're going in circles. Yeah. So let's just let's just move on. Um, so yeah, Dominic to kind of just like wrap that up. So yeah, Dominic's rim left the Blackhawks and uh, we don't know the exact date again. It's just or just from a Freeman's 32 thoughts, but it sounds like he might have like left like any time during the season because they checked the website, but there's no like official date when he left. So it might have been during the regular season. Might have just been like only a couple. Of, I, I don't know, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I think I think he's like the co-founder of, of uh, Cap Friendly. So I think he's working back there and like consulting with other NHL teams. So, but yeah. Anyways, um, no more anal ticks on the Hawks. Oh darn. <laughs> anal ticks are no more. <laughs> but um, unfortunately, can't use that for the the podcast episode. Name. Could you? Uh, <laughs> but um, I'm pretty sure he went back to work with Cat Friendly, if I recall. Correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's cool. But um, maybe he can get ready for Loaf's fan when he writes like his 50 fucking Cat Friendlies that say how they're gonna sign everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't know how those cat friendly servers run, but um, gotta love the fallout of you know this organization being total absolute idiots for an entire year. Gotta love it, gotta love it, because it's just more backlash every single day. Ah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's talk let's about stop. an organization that actually has their shit. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's go. So what are we going? Let's go. I got the terms of wars. I think we're going to the coyote sex, right? So it's yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. It's like, what's that, what's that gift of the two trash cans going down the street? <laughs> <laughs> a douche or a turd sandwich? <laughs> you know, we're usually a douche family, but this year we're feeling turd sandwich. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the, the Arizona Coyotes. Apparently, they might get a new arena in Tempe. I don't know. I'm, I'm tired of seeing stuff with Arizona. Like, oh, this might work. Just it's it's like they they're, they're going to be playing at a college next year. They won't even be able to have their logo. Or I think I saw a thing they can have like half the logo with the the college team's logo. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous that you're charging bleach basically bleacher seats like hundreds of dollars like how are you gonna make money off this how are you gonna convince the city of tempe like yeah i, I, I don't know much about financial like stuff like that but like this is logically how do you are you gonna get that to work like it's been almost 30 years that arizona has like moved from winnipeg to there and they still can't get their shit together like what is this gonna end and this could be for better or for the worse when are they gonna move when are they gonna finally get an arena like i'm so tired of seeing arizona like the coyotes in the news because it's always it's always negative whether it's like picking a certain player that shouldn't have been picked at all and just like arena stuff not even paying their stuff one time it's so it's so ridiculous it's just such a backwards run organization and they are like it's like the um i don't even remember what the meme is but like like oh i'm protecting this terrible person literally gary batman to the coyotes every time like it's just i don't know how much money this dude has to lose to realize that it's not a profitable place to run an nhl team anymore 
Yeah, there are fans there. I'm not going to say there aren't. Yeah. But when you're going to price out those fans. Rip the Band-Aid off and, like, move them. Stop doing this to everyone. No one likes this. Seriously, when you're going to price – one, price out those fans at this new arena with this tiny arena that you're going to be in for probably five years – if we're being honest, because years of the literally their AHL team holds them yeah. more seats. It's just AHL teams, so I know the oil can sell out more than they do. I, I need them on that. like Hockey Night in Canada or ESPN next year, like at, at home, because like they need that needs to be publicly humiliated. In fact, that's not getting talked about in other no, sports. If they heard time. that, they'd be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Every time, like, we bring this up, it's so it's more stupid. More stupid because of these. Bro, like, imagine, like, oh, oh my God. Like, imagine the Bears, and it's just like, okay, guys, we're going to go play at Benedict College now for the next three years. Like, what? Yeah, we're just going to go play in an arena that has, well, in this case, it's only like 15,000 less, but in like a football case, it'd be like 70,000 less. But it's just, it's not the point. It's just like, in a league that is so hellbent on making money and like trying to drive a profit, I, I don't. One, I don't know what's how that's happening. Canadian team out the door, they would be going. Dude, right like, and the thing is, everyone's like, "Oh, move the team to Quebec." One, that's never gonna fucking happen. Two, no, like, no. it should move happen. To Houston, but it won't happen. Move it to Milwaukee. Move it literally anywhere. Like, fuck, you could put a second team in Toronto at that rate, and it'd do better. I'm so serious, like. Dude, put a team in Saskatchewan and you'd be better than that. Like, put it in Moose Jaw and I bet that would play for like, the Arizona Coyotes. Let's play a game. What small Canadian cities would sell out more tickets than the Arizona Coyotes and probably make more money? Literally, like, fucking every one of them. Like, sad. God. We <laughs> just keep getting more, more mad and mad. No, it's just like this shouldn't yeah. even be a conversation. Like, oh my no. god, Connor Bedard is going to be an Arizona Coyote, bro. Like, this is just like what Gary Batman's not seeing heaven. Like, I, I promise you, Gary Batman's not seeing heaven. It's There's a good no thing way. that he wants to still be commissioner, and nothing's going to change. So, oh, we don't have to worry about anything there. Oh my god! But don't worry, kids. The cap's going up one mil next year. What's the time thing? to lick the boot? <laughs> What's the thing Jesus. of like from a 10 year like the graphic from 10 years ago? And it's like the NHL had more salary cap space than the NBA, and it's like the NBA like has I don't even know what it is right now, but way more than the NHL does. Oh, that just everything in a nutshell. Because Gary Bettman's been here for 30 years, and yeah, the game has grown definitely, but like how much of a hand has he had in that? Like Bro, it's grown enough to where the kid line could score because it's two to one because of Kako now. Oh, it's a two one. Yeah, it's Kako. Kako. Because it's the kid line. Maybe they had another shift. (laughs) The shift part two. I really hate Duncan on Ranger fans, but it's it's really funny. It's really funny. Adam Fox has sixteen assists. Yeah, he's pretty good. And he's got like four goals, I think. So it's just racking up the points. Like, oh my god, he's so good. Jeez. Once again, Adam Fox, criminally underrated, apparently, because everyone talks about every other defenseman except him now. So, <laughs> hey, on the topic of that, speaking of defensemen that don't get their credit, um, the Bruins lost 
like three defensemen to injury for like a few months. I don't have. They lost all the good ones. (laughs) Um, So McAvoy's out for six months. So like December. is out for five. And Riley, Mike Riley, is out for three. They just lost like their whole fucking top four almost. Yeah. And granted, like, yeah, they have guys, but like, oh man, they yeah. are gonna be leading out there. Brendan Carlo on the first pair. No, <laughs> bro, but like Forbert is they're gonna be leaning on like Forbert and Clifton to start Clifton, the top yeah. four next year. You're gonna hey, like the 2018 Blackhawks. Bro, the Bruins are finally gonna have their 2018 Blackhawks season. Oh my god. Finally. Maybe Pittsburgh will too. <laughs> I mean, Pittsburgh hey, kind of already had it started in the playoffs. They were on the third string. But um no, but dude, Boston's so screwed. And Bergeron's like futures up in the air. Say, like, if you're Patrice Bergeron, do you look at him and be like, uh, maybe it's my time to go? Jesus. And because I, I don't think he's not, there's no way in hell he goes to another team. Like, man. he's a Bruin for life. Dude, if Bergeron goes, there's just so many questions that you bring up. Because, like, if I'm Don Sweeney and Bergeron leaves, first thing I do is look and see if I can trade Brad Marchand. For a the Boston Bruins are that brand. one that the Boston Bruins are that one building that's just like so close to being collapsed, and then there's that one like little bar that's holding it up, and that's Patrice Bergeron right now. If he yeah. retires, there goes your captain. There goes your only good center. Like you're gonna have Eric Howell playing first line center minutes, and Charlie Coyle, baby, let's go. Oh, yeah, Charlie, Charlie Coyle can't forget that three two pack Charlie Coyle. Come on now. <laughs> Trent Fredericks, <laughs> dude. JFK is finally gonna fucking shut up. Let's go, John Force. And eighteen legend. That's right. Oh my gosh, Jack Studnika. Vivian still is on the team. Then we have like a guy coming up where it's like, oh, maybe Boston's. That's what happens when you make the playoffs all the time. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Fox just like held that puck, did a little like head shimmy, and then oh, just Kako yeah. had Kako literally tap in merch and just put a stick on the ice and it went in. <laughs> Zach Hyman asked. Second of the playoffs. Wow. We got like four points. He's so good. Can't wait till Apparently, Corey Perry got the first goal because he tipped it in. Let's go! Jimmy's nightmare. That's why he's not with us today. Nick's, Nick's wet dream, Jimmy's nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jimmy's just saw the goal and he's like, I don't know, guys. Like, I can't take this. Sorry. I, I can't record a podcast. <laughs> <name>. Corey Perry said. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Does it have anything to do with the podcast that we could talk about? Bro, Jimmy just fucking, he's tweeting about the game and he's just like, Capo Caco? <laughs> it's like, no, Jimmy, he's still a bomb. You don't have to be, you don't have to apologize for not Doc knowing clears him, I'm afraid. Anyways. Oh, no. No one clears anyone. It's the 2019 draft. It's just the biggest mixed bag I've ever seen, but they're only, it's only been three years. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Kenobi now? Yes. Let's do it. Dude. I, I don't know where you want to start, but. Uh, I mean, we start at the beginning. I like I told my buddy 
or my buddy Hakeem, he fucking he he's telling me he's like, man, I really hope this isn't like all the Marvel shows where like the good shit doesn't happen until like episode five. And I was just like, yeah, I don't, really don't think that's gonna happen with the way they're marketing him. And then all of a sudden, boom, episode three, Vader's just fucking barking orders at everyone. Yeah. Fucking literally choking out families in the town trying to find I really them. feel like in the original trilogy trilogy we we sort I saw more of a human side of Vader kind of or now we're just like seeing him being a ruthless asshole and I love it. This is what he was for 20 yeah. years like and dude like just and people people get mad cuz they're just like oh well you know you can't he's, he's it's not even like he's fighting the same he's like he doesn't have to fight the same. He's just like like, you look at the way he strikes with the lightsaber on Obi-Wan. There's just so much fucking power. And the dude doesn't even have to run. He's just, like, he just walks towards you. He doesn't, yeah. he's like, I'll get to you eventually. And when I do, you're fucked. It's just like, oh, my God. He's and, really, like, he could have killed Obi-Wan if he wanted to. Like, he's just playing with his food. Oh, yeah. Vader, Same Colorado with- Avalanche, Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> playing with their food. Jesus Christ. Dude, like. Oh, oh man! Uh, been fire, bro. Like, are you kidding me? Oh man, we didn't put a spoiler warning, but I feel like since we already talked about Kenobi in the first one, like this shouldn't be a problem. But I think I'm. Yeah, so my internet just crapped out. I honestly don't even remember where we left off. So I guess we could really just restart that. But yeah, all I remember is Darth Vader just being a complete ruthless asshole and badass at the same time. Oh, yeah, just it's some stuff that you just don't think you're ever going to see in Star Wars again. Like, one, you never think you're going to see Hayden Christensen put on the suit. Like, we've talked about this before, but like, Chills. dude, like, just it's it's like they did. They just took what they did with Rogue One and just made it way more personal. Like, he's just like every strike you can feel the hatred. And it's just like it's exactly it's exactly what I wanted. Like, hopefully the next like is I gotta think they're gonna fight like one or two more times after this. Yeah. Maybe but like um uh, the only thing I hope is maybe it's like at then like not at night. Cause it's like I feel I wanna see Vader's suit like in full. I don't wanna see it in a shadow. Cause yeah. like I feel like there's been a couple times stand out. Exactly. Like you, you, I don't know like you know what I mean? Like they sh- they've shown it to where all you can see are the lights, which is yeah, cool at like night butt, when he's yeah, like yeah. going through the streets and shit. Like literally they like okay, I'm not gonna lie, the Inquisitors look like they look like, like the Inquisitors and Vader when they roll up in the street at night look like they're playing a game of laser tag. Because <laughs> they all got their fucking colored suits on. <laughs> but um oh dude, like this show has done like a really good job of like encapsulating the fear that they bring and like even and not even just them just like every scenario like one scene that i liked a lot was when um you know leia and obi-wan get picked up by the one guy who's an empire sympathizer yeah and then they he it's literally up. just a trump supporter it's like yeah i like the empire we put people in order yeah <laughs> as they like walk by people getting beaten in the fucking fields earlier um and yeah. then they pick up the stormtroopers and the stormtroopers start talking to them and like Obi-Wan's having like war flashbacks the whole time. Oh, PTSD. No. Oh, it's so good, dude. It's so good. And then like like Pierce, I know you um I was asleep when you were watching the episode, but I woke up and you were like, these goddamn cliffhangers, oh, man. I know, I know, man. <laughs> oh what I forget what the what the quote like how it ended off with Rebel, but she was just like, Oh, we don't need him anymore or whatever. And I'm just like, no, why right now? I want to see more. 
On Wednesday, though. Next Wednesday. When next Wednesday, bro. I'm so curious to see what happens next. Because obviously, like, the – because now, like, they've hinted at, like, Quinlan Voss maybe showing up, which would be sick from, like, the Clone Wars. And then there's, like – the, the fact that there's like these all these areas of like Jedi saviors and stuff, yeah, I, it, it makes me curious to see where they're gonna go with this story. Because now there's rumors that this might get picked up for a second season, which I don't understand really. But if the story makes sense, then cool. Yeah, maybe this is where the story leads into. I don't know. Um, that's the thing. Like they can go so many different routes because there's like there seems like like there's being more characters introduced. Like, oh, yeah. oh, what, what was her name? The person that saved Obi Wan. I, I'm Tala, I think, or something. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah she's like, like we don't know. We don't know much about her backstory. Like you know. No, and like I, yeah, there's still so many questions to be answered, which I'm very excited to see how they do it. Like I still want to see Reva's backstory. I really think she's been like doing some shit that Vader doesn't know she's doing, and Vader's, I know and like, that's, the, that's the thing I'm most curious for. Like, what's their relationship like? Because obviously, within like the Inquisitors, like they do not like each other. At least with Reva and like no. the other people, I want to see how like Reva and Darth Vader get along, and like how that dynamic is. Because we haven't really seen that yet. Like, yeah, like, like I, having one on one time or whatever. I was gonna, yeah. Besides, like the hologram meeting, like. Mm. But and then like the I think it's like a fifth brother. He and her just like have like huge beef between the two of them. Like he's like I already called him and told him what's going on. Like yeah. these these two are like the dick riding is crazy between these two. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> <at all. laughs> but um, like the Reva thing just intrigues me so much because like I've they've shown in canon what Vader does to Inquisitors that like go against his orders. Oh, so yeah. if she like almost kills Obi Wan, I feel like he's gonna fucking kill her. Like I feel like Rev is gonna get killed by Vader straight up. That's my Ooh, yeah. That that's the thing. We I don't know what's gonna happen. I love it. Like every like obviously like this whole the whole thing of the series is like Obi Wan's gonna be all right. Leia's gonna be all right. But like literally every time like anything like bad like that that whole the the whole second episode where they're like they're chasing around on that planet like she's trying to chase leia and then he saves Leia. like it's just so suspenseful because like any at any moment reva can catch them or any of the inquisitors and then the third episode where they're just like going through the streets of the planet and trying to find obi-wan it's like any any moment now like they can meet and they fight and and they did it's just like every time something like bad happens like obi-wan is going through some shit like i feel it too like especially when the stormtroopers stepped on like Oh my god! I don't know. I don't know what's happening. So suspenseful. I love it. I love it. Oh yeah! Like when they were, um, like when the droid, uh, when they were like checking all the houses and the droid, yeah. they were like they kept hinting at the droid because the droid can't talk. But like mm-hmm. they're they're like, oh, they don't have like a voice chain. And like Leia's like, well, why don't you do that? Like, I don't. I like that whole story. Obi Wan fixes like Lola for her and stuff. Like Layla's or her not Lola. Leia yes. asks Obi-Wan if, like, uh, he's her father and shit, and it's just like, fuck, that's <laughs> tough. Yeah. <laughs> also, just, like, always. That slip up he had, I'm like, no, I'm literally like, no, why would you say that? And, then, and I'm like, oh, what did I say when he's like, Leia reminds me of, because he reminded my kids, her, of her mother. Her mother reminded me of it, like, my old wife. Like, I'm just like, oh, nice save there. <laughs> no, and, like, it's crazy because, like, you can already tell how Leia, how smart Leia is as a 10-year-old. And, yeah. like, I sent you that meme where it was just, like, this is definitely the face of someone who said I should have stayed with this fucking sister. <laughs> when he shows, like, the lightsaber in episode four. Because, yeah. like, 
Leia's like in the first episode, she's like calling out all the ships. Like she even calls out the bounty hunter ship that gets her. Like yeah. she's super quick on all like you know hostile situations with like stormtroopers and whatnot. Like I thought that was crazy. Um, like just like her adaptiveness has been really like you could like they're really so, making her out to be like the young general, which yeah, I fucking like, love. <laughs> you can tell she's already got that like rebellious nature in her already. Mm-hmm. Like, she if like Carrie Fisher was still alive, she'd be so happy. Oh, she was, she would love it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. We've seen, like, four gen- different generations of Leia now, thanks to Disney. Because we saw, like, you know, like, Leia from the original trilogy. Then we saw Leia in the sequels. Then there was, like, Leia training with Luke in Episode Nine briefly. And yeah. now there's this Leia. So it's, like, it's it's really nice to finally, like, start filling the gaps a little more. Yeah. And, um... Just it's like I mean, like if you, if you thought we were gonna see a Leia centric story before this with the Obi Wan show, I I never saw this coming. No, like, I don't. And know it that. makes so much sense. I never. I don't know why I never thought of it. Like, of course, Leia matters just as much as Luke. Yeah, They're fucking both Jedi. Like, <laughs> I I don't know. It's just a really. I I've been. I love the story, man. Like, this is this is why I love Star Wars, basically. <laughs> and like, there's. And we're not like being like, oh, we're huge stars fans. We love it. They can't do no wrong. But like, and obviously, there's like a couple of like things you can like poke at. But like, it, like overall, like the experience is like so fun. It's like it's nice to see the a nice mix mix of like nostalgia and new stuff. And I think they've done a great job of doing that. I was gonna say for some for the fans that that don't like it, you can like the show and still laugh at the scene where Leia's running away from the bounty hunters. That is actually hilarious, and I don't know how it got put in the movie or the show. Yeah. But like, <laughs> like have you seen that clip? And someone put like the cartoon soundtrack behind it. Oh man. But it, like this, this show's great. I don't care. Like <laughs> they, for the people who don't like it, like that's you. That's a you problem. That's not a me problem. And the people that are that hate Reva just because of the, like the, the the actor played Moses Ingram, like fuck you. You're a piece of shit. You're yeah. a piece of shit, and you're not in the right whatsoever. And review bomb all you want to prove your point. You fucking weirdo. Jesus Christ! Like if, no if one, have, no one with the heart or a brain thinks that you're fucking like even a functioning human being. So you and Gregor's you and McGregor's gonna come up with a message saying fuck you, you're wrong, like you you are wrong. That's how you know. Yeah, but we're gonna review bomb him because then that'll show him. We're gonna <laughs> use our power because they can't silence us. They wanna stop them from making the show even though it's already done. No, my favorite is the people that are like, it kind of looks like a fan film. And I'm like, please show me a fan film where Darth Vader's look this good. I can think of one off the top of my head. That's it. You can't. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe there are some shots that, like, aren't movie quality. But it's also not a movie. It's not a fucking movie. But yeah. most of the time, it does feel like it, like it is. I'm watching a movie. Yeah, no, dude. Like, every time they go to a new location, like, the, the location they were on last, uh, like, the mountain, like, the desert mountains yeah. and stuff. Like, that was, like, I love when they go to a planet and it doesn't feel like we're going to the same planet. Because that's what I was really worried about with this show initially. Mm. I was like... Okay, well, I'm really getting fucking sick as looking at tattooing after that Boba Fett show, and Obi Wan's yeah. probably gonna be stuck well, on tattooing. I think we brought that up last, but like, we how the Alderaan. you were gonna go to Alderaan. Saw Mustafar this episode. Gotta think they're gonna go yeah. back there since they keep showing it. You saw the planet that the Inquisitors are on, which is a water-based planet. Yeah. Um, dude, there's some crazy like 
they're finally starting to delve into like a galaxy of planets and not the same 12, which I'm very happy about. Because it's just like, dude, like the older on stuff looks so good. Oh, like, I know. Yeah. Oh, it's such a breath of fresh air. And then like you got the, um, you got Dairu, which was like the gangster city. That was like basically like episode two vibes, 100%. Yeah. I don't know, man. I love it. <laughs> I'm curious to see where they're going to go next. Mm hmm. I'm so fucking excited. <laughs> so yeah, the next the next podcast, or well, I guess it depends when we do a podcast next. But yeah, whenever the next podcast we do after that the episode comes out, we'll do another like I guess review on it. But no oh, shit. <laughs> oh, and since we're back, we, we could probably put a spoiler tag before we start talking about. Oh like, yeah, I should put like a spoiler alert in the. Uh, <laughs> and, like, the like spoiler, the spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> Uh, but yes, Kenobi, muy bueno. Yeah, I was thinking about like maybe we could get some other people on this podcast, and I'm like, what if they haven't watched Kenobi? No, it'd just be me and Schmitty and I. <laughs> we, we know where we're at with it. We got it. <laughs> I, I really want to hear what Jimmy thinks about. I know he <laughs> likes it, but like, I just want to hear like his thoughts on everything because I know like he's he's a he's a he's a huge Star Wars fan as well, and he. I think he pays attention to like little details, like ca- like camera work and all that stuff, and just like mm-hmm. a lot of technical stuff. So it'd be I, I, Really want to hear what he thinks about it, but yeah, I'm loving it. Loving it oh, so yeah. far. Me too. Oh man, I can't wait to see what they do next. Holy shit. All right. I think that's a good place to end things off. I, I remember we're like like half an hour ago, we were just so pissed about the Blackhawks, and then like we talked about the Coyotes, and I'm like, we, we should just do this stuff for yeah. it. It's so much fun. It actually makes yeah. me happy. Make me happy. Make me smile. And I'm not. Just... Yeah, it's like let's talk about the fun shit. Like let's talk yeah. about the kid line. <laughs> yeah, the shift that they had. Sorry, shift. it gets funnier every time. I know, literally. Like I'm sorry, we have Ranger fans that listen, but it's just like it's too funny, bro. Like if it was like Game Five of the Cup Final, yeah, that's the shift, bud. But yeah. Dude, if you guys lose the next four games, like fuck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh god. That's like immediately when my mind goes with shit like that. Because like, ah, oh, God. Like every time a team talk like one of the perfect examples of that, like I don't mean to keep dragging on the podcast, but like I don't know if you saw when the Bears lost to the Cardinals this year, but the yeah. Cardinals did like the L with the bean, and then they oh, lost yeah, five yeah, to six yeah. and missed the playoffs. And I'm just like I don't know. And then you start jeering Vasilevsky after game one. I don't – no one ever wins that. What, what do they say? That's bulletin board material. Bulletin board material. Yes, sir. But, um, yeah, I guess we can get to watching the second period now. <laughs> uh, yeah, what, it's still 2-1, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's still 2-1. Two two like five and a half minutes in. So, who knows what the score could be. It could be a Rangers win. It could be a Lightning win for all we know. It's, Seems when it's eight By the time you're probably watching this, you'll know. <laughs> maybe we won't know maybe it'll go to like triple overtime like maybe it'll just go on until the next podcast who knows yeah into the yeah. 27th overtime <laughs> they're now calling up ahl players so the nhl players can sleep scott foster is <laughs> making his way over from chicago from his accounting office they're gonna call it an emergency roster not just an emergency backup goalie it's an emergency backup roster because the people need to sleep four hours Henrik <laughs> longfist is gonna come out of retirement let's go now it's a real Ranger playoff. By the way, some good news. Um, Carey Price said he had a PRP in- injection in his knee, preparing to get back on the ice this summer and take every step necessary to push to play in 2022, 2023. And another thing, 
in terms of health. Let me pull it up. I just had it. Ivan Marishnichenko, who's supposed to be a well, he, he still will get drafted. Future Blackhawk, very a very now, skilled maybe. player. Um, Ivan Marishnichenko has completed his treatments for Hopkins lymphoma and has been cleared to return to practice. His goal is to play again next season. So that's fucking awesome. So oh, we did it off on a good note. So uh, thank you all for tuning in. Mm.